Hey everyone, welcome back to Heart Sprained. Hey Nadine. Hello, hello. How are you? I am doing just fine. How are you today? I'm okay. Your cat. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that was a lie. (laughs) Oh my god! Get over here, bitch. Sit down in my lap. Sit down. All right, calm down. Okay, let's try that again. That's okay. We can keep that. That was really organic. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, she's okay, okay. Clearly, everybody's feeling the effects of Mercury retrograde. I really wanted to say that. I really was surprised that you tried to say that you were fine despite Mercury retrograde. But... I know Mercury <laughs> retrograde is not being kind to me already. It's brutal. I hate it. I <sighs> hate to be that girl, but I am that girl. <laughs> I'm proud to be that girl. Yeah. I have no qualms. And listen, some people may not be astrology believers, and that's completely fine until, of course, you know, they're, they buy a computer or an iPhone, and then it breaks, and then they're like, oh, is uh, Mars in peanut butter or whatever it is that they think it is? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, yeah. silly. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's so real. I'm sorry. I really don't care if people don't believe in it because I really do. It, it's not even like a matter of belief. I'm it's just, just science at this point. It is. And I think it's, we should kind of plug our episode about we this. We should. We're going to actually have one next week, a guest. And she's going to come on. She is an astrotherapist. And she's a really, really good friend of mine. And she's going to come on and she's going to talk a little bit about Mercury retrogrades, why those guys come back during that period, all your orbiters seem to come out of the woodwork, yes. why a lot of breakups happen. And even if you don't necessarily believe in astrology, I think the concept behind what Mercury retrograde is, is still applicable in a lot of ways, because the idea of it is really just the fact that it's, you know, a time for reflection and resetting and making sure that you're on the right course and correcting things that maybe have gone astray in your life. So aside from, you know, the whole technology breaking down component and, you know, unnecessary travel and traffic delays... Um, I think the other pieces are things that everybody can kind of relate to regardless of your stance on astrology. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I can't wait. It'll be good. Yay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, okay, let's, let's dive in here. So what do you think, you as Nadine, what do you think is the biggest predictor of a breakup? Ooh. Like what behavior? I would say complacency Ooh, ooh! i was not thinking that no i was gonna say cheating but i mean (laughs) oh well yeah that's a pretty that's a glaring that's a glaring red flag right there but you know what maybe this is like the time that i really dive into have i have i talked about like it's not about what it's about (laughs) i don't think so and i think it's time i really am ready okay so poor nadine nadine hears this probably seven times a day for me um it's actually like tattooed on my forehead yeah I live by you do okay good I do yeah I think I think it's so true so I need you to I think we may have mentioned it in previous episodes but I don't think you've ever fully explained it right and I because I remember mentioning Bethany Frankel um I don't remember if this was her quote but I mean if if that was the quote I mentioned but this was something that she mentioned in one of her books like over a decade ago and I just, there's, there are so few situations that it doesn't apply to. So mm-hmm. um, whenever you have an, a situation of like dissatisfaction with someone or there's something going on, it's always like, you can blame like, uh, like cheating. Like it's never about what it's about or never. an argument with your partner. It's never about what it's about. It's, oh yeah. He might've left a towel on the floor, but you know what? not about the towel it's about what he said last week that pissed you off or Mm -hmm. you know the fact that he was late to dinner and he didn't let you know like it's it it's really it's not about the actual thing that you're fighting about ever it's really about feeling respected or disrespected um I don't know I I mean there's so many examples help me out here I'm trying to think of something because it happens all the time that we talk about yeah I think it's even I mean and I, I I hate and I don't think this is true in every case, but I think in so many cases of infidelity, right. it's never about the actual idea that there was another woman or another man that was more appealing. Yeah. It's, it's usually what, caused yeah. by some sort of insufficient 
communication or something that the partner wasn't getting. So it's not about like the sex or the yeah. emotional cheating or any of that. It never is. It's about, it's really like, about the void of attention. Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. And it's about, you know, not feeling a certain way or not feeling appreciated or not feeling this. And so often, I mean, I can, I have so many examples of this just in my own past relationships. I think a lot of breakups end up mm-hmm. happening after a huge fight and the fight may not seem in hindsight, like it was worth that big of a reaction, but it was just the culmination of so many other things that you were holding on to. Right. And that's really what it was about. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my best advice to everyone is if you're in an argument with someone even a friend or family member, really just check yourself and say, like, what is this really about? And I think that's mm-hmm. a really that's a really good way to move on from it and communicate better. I think that's, you know, that's my little remedy. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's so important to, like, especially if something rubs you the wrong way mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily sure why, a lot of times it could be your own internal perception of something that doesn't even really have anything to do with the other person. Right. And I think we see that so much when people are just, they flip out because I don't know, their boyfriend liked some girl's picture on Instagram Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't even really care that he liked, you know, this random fitness model who's never going to know who he is Mm -hmm. or his name. So it's not like she poses any real threat to your relationship, but there's something there that clearly you feel insecure about. And maybe he adds to that insecurity in some way. And maybe he doesn't make you feel as beautiful as he should, or, or maybe it's completely within you. You don't know. So, and that's such a basic example. That's pretty easy to decode, but it's just one way to look at those types of things. There's surprisingly a lot there, which we'll, we'll touch on that later, but yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted to to add that because that, that uh, sort of made me think about it, but um. It was time that the world knew that. Right. That was really necessary. Okay, good. That's done. Um, (laughs) So what I want to talk today, talk about today is, um, I guess it's like a theory. I guess it would be a theory. This, these are facts, people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's uh, Dr. John Gottman. Uh, He's world renowned for his work on marital stability and uh, predictors of divorce. Um, But I really don't think a lot of these are just about marriage. I think any long-term relationship, especially because people aren't really getting married um, as much today, I think like the serious relationships and partnerships kind of um, apply here too. Um, So these are from his website. Um, I don't want to plagiarize because a lot of these examples are even pulled. Um, So Gottman.com. And his theory is the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is like a metaphor for depicting the end of the times, Um, like conquest, war, hunger, death. So let's apply those fun things to relationships. Wow. I feel so bright and spiritful right now. (laughs) Well, okay. So these are really broken down. These are the things like the four things that if you're doing this in a relationship, you and your partner, you or your partner, these are predictors of divorce and you are going to cringe because I guarantee you're doing one, two, four of them. Honestly, I feel like in every relationship, whether it ended or not, you probably have at some point done all four. Oh, for sure. Which is scary. I know. It's terrible. Anyway, go on. So, okay. Uh, Number one, criticism. (laughs) So this is different than just like complaining or constructive, uh, constructive criticism is much different than this. This is like attacking who they are as a person and attacking their character. So like a complaint would be, you know, you were late for dinner. You didn't call me. You didn't let me know. You just like left me there. Mm -hmm. And a criticism would be, you're so selfish. You never think of me. You never think of anyone but yourself. You always do this. Like talking in absolutes like that. Mm. You know what that reminds me of? What? Do you remember that scene in Knocked Up where – Catherine Heigl and her sister Leslie Mann they're like sitting in bed and they're eating ice cream and they're talking about their guys and Leslie's like I saw on Oprah once that you just have to keep (laughs) criticizing your partner until they get so mad and upset and down on themselves that they're forced to change and Catherine Heigl's like I thought you're supposed to just accept the person for who they are and love them anyway she's like no 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 like this is what you do Like, you have to just beat them down with criticism until they're 
forced to change. Like, like most things with that character, that's not what you do in a marriage <laughs> relationship. No? Wow, explain so much. That is hilarious, though. I forgot about that part. <laughs> that's like exactly what that reminds me it's of. It's so true. Yeah, and she actually, I remember that part in another part where she's like, you're so selfish, you always do this. So learn from her. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Like, they didn't have the best marriage, so. Right. And it's so easy to get in a pattern like that when you're in a relationship with someone for a really long time, especially a marriage. And it's easy to have like all those examples lined up when you're mad Mm -hmm. about something and and just like attribute it to their character and who they are as a person rather than just, you know, something that like it just it doesn't have to be that serious. Don't talk in absolutes and say you never do this. You always do that because that's not true. Yeah. And it's so easy to project your own stuff onto someone else. right? And it's even easier to blame the other person for everything and not sit down and look at what you're doing. I mean, I think one of the hard, and we talk about self-awareness all the time Mm -hmm. here, but so much of that is like, especially critical if these are things that you're noticing happen in your relationship, because it could be that they're doing it to you, but I think it's equally important to kind of sit down and be like, what am I doing to contribute to this behavior? Right. You know, were they always like this? Is this a recent development? What changed? What can I do? How can I communicate? Like it's, that's what happens when you're in a serious relationship, you know, and and if you care about it and you care about making it work, it's so important that you sit down and you try to take the blame for Mm -hmm. certain things as much as your partner. Cause it's not, it's never 100% someone's fault. Very, very rarely is that the case. Even in cases where it seems black and white, it's not. Yeah, and this is like perfect example of it's not about what it's about. Right. You know, it's not that this person is so selfish. Like you wouldn't be with that person, I would hope, if they were, you know, if their character sucked. Right. But Or maybe you, you would, like 25-year-old <laughs> me. Yeah, and that's when you have to look at yourself and say, what right. am I doing here? And if someone is criticizing you, if any of these things are being done to you, like really take a hard look at that and say, why am I with this person? Right. Or what am I, uh, is there something that I've been doing yeah, differently that affects the person? <laughs> right. There are maybe, two sides. no, that's true. There are two sides to this, but you know, criticism is harsh. Yes. Criticism is mean. Like, yes. and there's a difference between having an honest conversation about something that bothers you about your partner or about something about you that bothers them versus being yeah. straight up mean. Exactly. Like, you don't want to ever, ever make the person you're with or ha- or be made to feel, like, yay big. Like, you don't want to feel mm-hmm. tiny and small and unloved and unwanted. Like, if you're feeling any of those feelings consistently, then that's a problem. Yeah, which perfectly leads into the next horseman, Ooh. which is contempt. I'm picturing these as tarot cards, by the way. I don't know why. Ooh, I like that. I know. It's a little scary to me, but <laughs> go on. Okay, so contempt, so, huh? So criticism is when you're attacking their character, and contempt has that air of, like, moral superiority over them. So I'm kind of guilty of this. Ugh. The, mm. the whole, like, oh, you're tired? At least you didn't, <laughs> at least you didn't have to, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, ha, you'd never last a day if you had to do all that I do. I, I, I am so guilty. It's so gross. Like, reading this, I hate myself a little. <laughs> Because I'm, I have a son <laughs> and like as the mom, so much falls on you. And like, there are times where you're so tired and you're like, oh, I will out tire you. <laughs> I know you do do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to add that I read that contempt is the biggest predictor of a divorce. So I need to get my life together and never <laughs> say that again. I mean, I'm pretty sure you do it in an adorably charming way. Mm, so Mike we... will very much disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have him on. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like it's so easy to do this when you're and this is when you're in, I think, a really bad place. I do. And, and honestly, like, I don't really do it that seriously. This is not like a pattern. I want to point that out. Right. But, you know, if you're constantly doing something like that, like, oh, oh, you're busy, like and you you're. Why are, what are you doing? You, what, what's the point? Is it, what is the competition really about? Right. And that's a, I think that's a scary one. Cause I think yeah. it's so easy to do. Like we always want to be the victim. We always want to martyr ourselves. Yeah. We always want to look at things, you know, me, 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 poor me. I'm not getting enough attention. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not getting totally. this, this and this. And you don't always look at it from the other person's perspective. And to be honest, you know, obviously in a relationship, it's not always 50, 50, 
Right. Like there are times where you're going to be pulling 70% of the weight. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that at some point your partner is also going to at some point pull 70% of the weight. And I think sometimes if those periods feel like they're extending for too long, that's when you might fall into this pattern. But yeah, again, so true. it's not about what it's about. Yep. So it's about making sure you understand that and that you're aware of that and that you're hyper aware of it for the other person too. And maybe if you start hearing it from the other person, then right. you, know, you can start okay. to examine. Yeah, exactly. Be like, hey, you good? Are we good? Like, yeah. what's going on here? Like, I think that's one that you can lighten up a little bit. Like, if I was saying that to Mike and he said to me, which he probably would because he's such a nice fighter. I think he, <laughs> like, just if you were to be like, what's going on? You know, like, right. and I'm sure the next day he would like, let me sleep in. You know, right. And, and maybe take... do the laundry and, but also probably fuck it up. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a lovely cycle. A um, for effort. So the next one, these are all tied into each other, which, which also fascinated me. Um, the next one is defensiveness. Ooh. So that's typically a response to, to criticism, to go back to that. Um, I do that a lot. Really? Yeah. I'm so guilty of this. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for your example because the example I wrote down was like from, from the website was, uh, you know, did you take out the garbage or no, this was one I made up. Uh, did you take out the garbage? And the response would be like, no, you obviously saw I was busy and you weren't doing anything. Why couldn't you do it? Why couldn't you remind me to do it? I'm so guilty of that. Really? Yeah. I mean, not that literal example, but just like. Things like it, it doesn't even have to be about like a specific task. It could just be like if someone tries to approach you about how they feel and you all of a sudden go on the defensive mode, that's not good either. Oh my God, I feel and- like you're so kind to me now that I know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't do this to friends. I really only do this in relationships. Interesting. Okay. Um, and it's funny because I think, I think my boyfriend would be the first to tell you like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a lot better about this now, but I know for a fact growing up, especially in my early 20s, this was a constant thing where, you know, if my partner would try to say something like, hey, I didn't like how this happened. I'd be like, well, you don't even understand. This is the only reason yeah. I did it. Like, like, it's like, I, and they're like, whoa, calm down. Like, I'm just trying to have a civil conversation about how I'm feeling. You don't have to attack me. And right. it is really hard to hear that something you did made someone that you care about right. feel so shitty. So like I, and that's how I feel, you know, I'm like, well, no, 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 just let me explain. Just let me explain. I'm not really this terrible person or totally. I only did this because it was a reaction to what you did. And, you know, but it's so important when you have that urge and I know it feels like a billion tiny little fighters inside of you yes. trying to like, oh, 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 just let me talk, let me talk, <laughs> let me talk. And it's so hard to swallow them and just be like, Breathe, breathe through it, breathe through it. Let them say what they want to say. And then you, yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to do, but it's so important. It feels so much better better, like for both people when nobody, no one is defensive and you just say, you're right. Well, you're right. Has its own issues and you know, but just say, you know, I was wrong. Right. And it's wrong is much different than you're right. By the way. For (laughs) sure. I'm much more comfortable saying I was wrong. Yeah. You were right. (laughs) another story but I mean it's also just important to make sure that you both feel safe in bringing up things and situations that bothered you and if you're constantly acting in the defensive mode they're just going to stop coming to you with this stuff and then they're going to bottle it up and then it's going to turn into the other three horsemen or whatever the fuck they are (laughs) and then you're just riding off into a sad lonely divorce court this is so true and you know it's interesting that you say like about feeling safe because I think defensiveness probably stems from a place of the other person not feeling safe. Like if you're defensive, it's because you don't feel safe to admit that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Know? I w- yeah, I would agree with that. I think Hard. it's a big thing. It's like you you're worried that if you or that by hearing not this criticism, but if you're just hearing how you've upset someone or what you're doing that may be bothering them, you are all of a sudden worried that that's going to be grounds for them to walk away from you. Right. And you feel like, no, 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 no. But you hear me out. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I only did this because like, it's, it's like, you feel like, Oh shit. Like the, the ship is sinking. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to salvage it when really like you shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. That's yeah. not the situation. Like you're both in a healthy, hopefully, communicative, open, supportive relationship, part of that is being able to be honest, even about the things that aren't so easy to hear. Yeah. And I think defensiveness, I could see that one being um, 
something that's more of a pattern too. Mm-hmm. So easy and it's find. a hard one to break. Yeah. It's so okay. hard to break. Okay. The next one. Oh my God. I, I mean, this makes, I, makes it look like I am never the other, like I never do the other one. Like I am so guilty of this and I've, I have worked so hard to stop this. Um, stonewalling. Ooh. So for me, I think it started because I'm really not a confrontational person. I avoid it. I hate it. I, I'm also the type of person that really needs to cool off after a fight. Um, so stonewalling is usually a response to contempt. Um, it's when the person withdraws from the interaction and the conversation. They shut down. They stop responding. They ignore you. Um, mm-hmm. I do it, and it feels very powerful when you do it, and it also feels like a nice escape and you don't have to deal with the confrontation. But Mike has told me, and from what I've read about this, the other side of that, you feel so helpless. That's like, it's a really, it's a really not nice behavior. You put the other person in a really desperate position. There's nothing they could do and you won't respond to them. Yeah. I've been on the other side of that. Really? Yeah. And it sucks. It's Mm. you genuinely feel Like, all you want to do is fix it. You want to make things better. But you are not even given the opportunity to do that. So you just – you feel so shut out and you feel so alone. And it's sad. And if you're someone who – especially like me or if I tend to get defensive, it's like you can imagine the anxiety level at that point when the other person's stonewalling and you're kind of just sitting there like, well, fuck. Like, maybe that thing they said before – like they're thinking about it now and like now this is going to be where shit hits the fan and it's done. Yeah, totally. And, and that's pretty, just scary. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I really think it's like a subconscious power move. Mm-hmm. I think that like deep down when you're stonewalling someone, you know that like that other person feels that and that you have the power and it's, yeah. I, and it's, and, there, and there's such a difference between stonewalling and giving somebody space or needing space to yeah. like, that's cool where down. I struggle with it. That's really where it starts for me because that line is so blurred. Where like I really just need space, and Mike is not a space person. He really just wants to talk, talk, talk. Aww, and Mike. I'm just like, I don't get the space, and then I just ignore him, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's not well. Good. He has to know to give you the space too. I mean, and part of does, it is being yeah. like emotionally intuitive in that right. way too. It's like you need to know the person that you're with well enough. And yeah. I mean, I I'm someone that will need space and then also not need it. So I flip flop depending <laughs> on the situation. So honestly, like poor Shady, he has like yes. <laughs> He's like okay. very confusing. I know. He's actually pretty good at knowing which one is which, which is interesting considering <laughs> we haven't been together that long. That's good. Um, I know. He's very intuitive um, in that way. But it's, it's, it's tough because sometimes I think if you are the person that needs space, I think you just have to say like, listen, I am upset. I am frustrated. I'm not ready to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. So just please give me a day or an hour or whatever it is to just sit on this and yeah. let me come approach you when I'm ready to talk about it. Absolutely. Like, and if you're the other side of that, just tell your partner that that's what you need. You yeah. just need to know that they need the space. You will back off, but I you like need that. to hear it. You oh, know, like it, it makes things so much easier. Oh yeah. Lesson learned. I, I wonder, like, I, I really think that these are things that, you know, those relationships that end over like those one, one, it's usually one big incident or patterns like these behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I really think that if people took the time to understand these things and communicate and be self-aware, I think this could save a lot of people. Yeah, I do too. I mean, cause I don't, I don't think most relationships are inherently bad. Right. I mean, of course there are so many that are, you yeah. know, I think we've all seen them. We've all been in them. I mean, maybe we haven't all been in them. Maybe right. just, just me. Um, me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just us over here. Um, but in general, I think, you know, if you're with, especially when you hit that long-term phase, which this is really applicable in the long-term phase, I think with someone, and obviously you didn't stick it out all that time for nothing. I mean, there's obviously a lot of good there for the most part. So being able to have this level of awareness about what's going on and ways that you can kind of step in and salvage things, I think mm-hmm. sometimes helps. Um, but it's just something to keep in mind as you, you know, are trying to navigate the waters and maybe you're trying to figure out like, why haven't I ever been in anything that's lasted more than right. a year? What do or- I do? It's yeah. like taking accountability too for a lot. Like I think almost everyone could look back 
at any breakup and be like, okay, was it one, two, three, or four? What did I do? <laughs> right. And, and it's so interesting when you give yourself space after a breakup to really look back and reflect on it. And don't get me wrong. Like I, you guys have heard some of my breakup breakdowns, but like I've been through some things that are, that sound really one-sided, but there's always, always a piece of it where you're kind of like, yeah. well, how did I contribute to this? And I bet you, if you really think about it, even if the answer is simply, I allowed this behavior, Yeah, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you wronged the other person. Sometimes it's just that you wronged yourself. Oh, I like it. Thank you. So I really want to branch off of something that you said, but first I also want to add, I, I think you and I talked about this just casually as friends recently. Um, <laughs> by the way, we're, we're just friends. casual friends. Yeah. <laughs> we're friends outside That's of this. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I feel so used. <laughs> um, I think it's just because really... I never made you DTR, isn't it? I never yes, made exactly. you define the relationship. Exactly. <laughs> Awaiting. So anyway, I think it's hilarious to think about how um, who we are in friendships, uh, in my experience and your experience, is so opposite of who we are in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Oh I think. My God. I know, like I, I was told recently, very recently, that I am not confrontational in my relationship, and anybody who knows me, yeah, would never say that about me, that I'm not confrontational. And it's not like I go out looking for fights, but I'm not afraid of confrontation at all. Like I, if I have a problem with something, I say it. I don't, I don't shy away from it. It's so I'm scary. Very, yeah. It is so scary, <laughs> that part of you as a friend. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> apparent, and it's funny because I was told that I am not. Wow. I'm, I'm confrontational about things that make me angry, but I'm not always confrontational about things that like sit mm-hmm. uneasily with me, like, it, which is more often than being angry. I mean, how often do you really get angry in your relationship? Like, right. Hopefully not often. Right. So that's easy to do, but something that's like, kind of sitting weird or something that isn't necessarily aligning right for whatever reason. Like I, I won't always, I don't usually bring those up unless he does, which is, I know. And I wasn't even, I know. And I wasn't, I've never been called a passive person before ever in any situation by anyone. So that was weird to hear. And I was like, Oh man, maybe I am. I am so, you know, I'm so opposite mm-hmm. in life. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, don't. You know, I'm, I could not be more awkward in my interactions with most people. And I really hate confrontation. Like I mm-hmm. will shake over like something. So not even a big deal. I will talk to Nadine, have her talk me down from the ledge. I'm probably mm-hmm. crying about it. And it's really just like, Michelle, it's really fine if you ask your boss if you can use a hundred of like one of your 100 uh, PTO days. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, I don't know. Like, someone just bitched me out on the Trader Joe's line. And then yeah. I said, that's mean. And now I'm sad. Now <laughs> I feel really guilty. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'm just. But in my relationship, it's like I'm direct. Uh, other than these issues I just mentioned, I'm right. really just direct and like, oh, not confrontational, but like things. Are, I'm not, you know, quiet and passive. I'm like, hey, what no. was that about? Right. Like you're very, no. And that's good. If there's one place in your life where you should be like that, it's your relationship. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a thing across the board or if that's just us because we're, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we were wired weird. Hmm. I have no idea, but it would be interesting if anybody wants to chime in and let us know if they can relate to being somewhat, I mean, and and I'm not, I don't think it's weird to have a slightly different side of you when you're in a relationship. Totally. Um, I, I remember a long time ago, um, one of our friends was saying to my boyfriend at the time, like, is Nadine really like affectionate and nice? Like, I can't picture her really being like that. <laughs> wow. I know. And I, I understand what she's saying because I'm not a very like mushy, gushy person a lot of the time. Like it's not my MO. And it's funny because my, you know, my ex was like, well, no, she's, she actually is like, it's just not, yeah. it's not a side of her. Like it's like, no one would call me feminine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, she's very girly. She's very like dainty. Like those aren't words that anybody <laughs> would use to describe me like on a day to day. And it's but Shady and I literally just had this conversation not that long ago. And it's funny because I think in private, like I can be, I can be a lot more feminine and a lot more like nicer really and just softer, but it's just not something that I 
like it's not my external facing personality. It's just like a very it's almost like a, a piece of like vulnerability. I yeah, think. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And you it's a it's almost like I equate you seeing that with trust. Totally. So, I feel the you same know, way. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. So I don't think it's weird to have like different sides of you that come out or don't come out in relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine, but it's just interesting to like from the confrontation piece, how different that can be. Yeah. I just had to bring that up. Um, yeah. So you kind of uh, touched on this a little bit. Um, and this was something we were talking about earlier too. Um, I called my psychologist sister up to <laughs> get a little <laughs> insight on something. And um, she said, something really interesting she I guess this is a, um, like a term that's used in, the, in this you know psychology field um, states versus traits meaning like a, a personality d- disorder is a is a trait like a personality trait uh, whereas like a mental illness is like a transient state that's not like a fixed state um, so then Nadine and I were talking about you know like relationship states versus traits mm-hmm. so you know it's more of like what your relationship is versus what you are going through. So, you know, taking a look at your relationship, are the bad parts states or are they traits? Like, is it something, what's the foundation? What's fixable? Is it a temporary condition? Is it fixed? Is it transient? Is it something that you're just kind of, it's fleeting? What, you know, I don't know. We, we, we really dove into this before and it was something that really fascinated us. Yeah, no, I I love that, like, way of describing it, because I think, again, especially our generation, just because things seem so disposable, and that includes people in relationships, I think a lot of times when tough times in relationships are lasting longer than somebody would like, it's a lot easier to consider just throwing in the towel at that point, Mm -hmm. and the real question becomes, you know, is this something that is a core trait of the relationship has this been going on from day one has this been something that has been affecting me since the beginning Mm -hmm. and can I no longer live with it or are we just in a rough patch is this something that will pass you know and I think that's it's really hard I think to sit down and have the honest conversation with yourself about which one it is but deciding and properly categorizing it could make the difference between you know whether you should leave or say right like a trait to me is like a pattern like if you never have a say if you can never call the shots in your relationship and it's been like that since you've been together or you know for the past few years I would say that's more of like a trait but like a relationship state is like you know maybe you're arguing a little bit more and you just can't get on the same page about things, but you never used to really be like that. And you're looking back on things like what happened? Like we never really, it was never really like this and you still love each other. And for the most part, things are good. It's kind of just like a state. And I like to look at things like that as like a season. Maybe that's a little mm. corny, but like, you know, when you're in a tough season and you know, you know, say like, I don't know, say, you know, that you have a really bu- busy season at work. Um, you know, that that is going to pass and you guys are going to mm-hmm. get back on track after that or, um, or you just had a baby. Exactly. I was just going to say, you just had a baby, like buckle up. Cause <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's going to pass, but, uh, it's definitely a state. Um, but I think the traits are where it's, it's murkier, it's toxic usually. And it's like the foundation of your relationship is just not good. Right. And there's, it's really difficult. I think to just come to terms with it if that's the case, but I think deep down, usually you kind of know. And the other issue, too, is that so often if your relationship experiences have been limited for whatever reason, Mm. it's really, really hard to set that bar of what a good foundation looks like. Yeah. And that's the trickiest part of it all, right? Because I don't think it's something you can learn from example necessarily. Or maybe you can. I don't know. It's hard to imagine just kind of like absorbing that by osmosis. Um, But I think you you learn it mostly just by experiencing, you know, different types of people and Mm -hmm. different relationships and who you become with certain people too and what those dynamics become. And then all this, your bar can either get higher or lower depending on the experiences that you have. So I think it's, it's really 
hard to kind of sit there, but maybe if you assess it from the standpoint of, is this temporary or is this something that I've noticed from day one that's not sitting well, Mm -hmm. that might help with level setting that bar a little bit. Yeah. Like if you've dated a guy and it it also kind of goes back to what we talked about like a few episodes ago, um, sort of like a uh, non-negotiable, I guess. Like if you're dating a guy who has zero ambition and he's never had ambition and he still doesn't have ambition, like that's never going to change. Like right. you either have to accept that or understand that that is who he is. Right. He's never going to be what you want him to be. Right. Or That is a, that is a, <clears throat> a, a trait. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. If, but if you're, if you're, if your partner loses his job and he's in a, a funk about it for a little bit and he's not usually like that, he was so motivated, but he loses his job and that's just a state. Let him right. get back on his feet. Give him a little bit of time. Exactly. And I mean, of course, you know, there's limits to everything and yeah. every relationship is different and every personality is different. So we get it. But the point is, you know, you don't just throw in the towel when yeah. you're going through a rough state. Totally. Um, but at the same time, if it's a trait and it's a repetitive pattern that keeps making you feel drained or miserable or upset or unfulfilled or any of those things, that's when you need to take a good, hard, long look at it and say, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. I love that, though. I know. I really think that that was brilliant of us. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're, like, so smart. (laughs) So I (laughs) want to change gears. Let's do it. Let's ride that bike. Let's talk about our millennial dating term of the week. Yes. Let's talk about um, micro-cheating. Have you heard of this one? No, I've never heard of any of the one. I, I, like, am I, how are you more connected to millennial dating culture than me who has actually experienced millennial dating culture? I really don't know. I think that's something I have absorbed by osmosis. Because <laughs> I'm literally like, I've been doing all of these things. I've been experiencing all these things and had no idea that they had titles. Well, that's what we're here for. Excellent. Well, thank you for enlightening me on, on everything I've been through over the last five years. This is like a huge ego boost for me because it makes me feel like very cool. That I You're know super cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a grandma. I'm like, why is micro cheating? <laughs> Explain it to me. So basically, you know, it's something, you know, obviously cheating is cheating. Micro cheating is like that gray area of like, hmm. It could be anything as small as, like you said before, like liking someone's Facebook post, maybe one of those like thirsty, thirsty, dehydrated um, Instagram thoughts. Get get that bitch a Gatorade. She's so thirsty. (laughs) She's losing electrolytes. Hook her up to an IV. Yes. Like, you know, the type, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be as simple as that. Like, oh, I saw that my boyfriend liked that, you know, that what was that girl with the butt? Oh, Jen Selter. Yeah. Like, Can I oh, just I say, for him. the record, yeah. I showed her to my boyfriend, and he was not impressed. So I would just That's like everyone to know that there are men out there. Unless he just said it. <laughs> I was going to say, just... is either a really great liar or? <laughs> well, no, because I've seen some of the girls he does follow. So it's... yeah, so it's but fine. anyway, yeah. So you know, some girls are really bothered by something like that. It just feels like right. a betrayal. Like, why did you have to like it? You don't have to actually like the picture. You could just like it mentally. You know. Um, <laughs> especially because you know we can see it I know like, idiots. Um, like they're so stupid like it was do you really think she's gonna notice that you double yeah, tapped her favorite. photo my favorite are the guys who comment like I die I live I for that <laughs> and they comment like hard eyes or like you're yeah. so beautiful uh she knows she, she has 3.2 million yeah. followers and she's selling fit tea and vita gummies yeah like she's Sugar bear hair, whatever the hell it's called. Like, she knows. She is not going to pick you out of the thousands right. of like, comments. Oh, my God. Did <laughs> Jersey Boy 88 just tell me that I am beautiful? <laughs> I feel like every guy heard how, like, I don't know, how that one Jonas brother, like, slid into Priyanka Chopra's uh, DMs. <laughs> and every guy's like, yo, it yo. It, can, it happened for them. Like, maybe it could happen. I'm sorry. Are you a Jonas brother? And, like, his abs have abs, so I don't want to hear any Exactly. <laughs> his abs also slid into her DMs. Let's yeah. just all check that for a second. Yeah. So, other than that, it's there are so, there's so many more examples of this. <laughs> you know, like, talking to an ex, 
maybe that's kind of innocent and maybe like you and your partner are fine with that but when you get into that area of like maybe it's a little flirty or maybe it's like reminiscing about old times and maybe you it's really anything you really wouldn't want your partner to see and if your partner did see they wouldn't be cool with it Mm-hmm. that's micro cheating or you know wearing a cute outfit to work when you know you have a meeting with that coworker that you know you kind of have that flirty vibe with I think right. it's something that you know on like a very small level that you're doing but you're not admitting it and, and if you got caught you'd probably have a good defense um, yeah and you can you can easily justify that it's nothing because it is nothing technically on paper I guess but it's yeah. not re- like deep, deep down. You, there's a subconscious component to why you're doing it. Right. That's there's not motivation. faithful. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like super. And I mean, that line's going to shift to, you know, depending on who you are. Right. And like for me, for example, like I don't really give a shit if my boyfriend likes hot girls pictures on Instagram. I right. think it's fine. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I do it. I like hot guys pictures. Like I follow like bad boys of Insta and like eight guys. It's horribly embarrassing, but it's fine. Or like Dilfs of Disneyland. That's my favorite. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I highly recommend everyone check that one out for sure. You know what we've talked about though, that I know that you don't think, or, well, maybe you've changed your mind, but you know, if, if you've defined the relationship with someone and you're exclusive, but then you see they have a dating app on their phone, that's micro cheating. If it's active, you know, like, that I think be. if it's active, yeah, it's it's a it's you know it's a problem. But if you if they have the app and they don't delete it, or like, I don't think it's necessarily a sign of betrayal. I mean, I mean, I'm all about like instincts, right, and just kind of trusting your own judgment, right? If if you have suspicions that the person that you're seeing is, you know, maybe they told you they're exclusive, but you just don't feel safe or secure or Mm -hmm. that you're the only one or whatever it is and and it's not your own insecurity like just your your genuine instincts are telling you that something's up and then you see that that's different whereas totally if your instincts are telling you like yeah this guy's for real or like this girl is really in it like I feel it I feel like I'm the only person I feel supported and valued and appreciated and I really feel like it's going somewhere and then you see it and you call it out and they're like, oh, yeah, I just, like, haven't deleted it. Like, I, but I, I haven't yeah. it since we've met. Then, I, you know, use your judgment, too. I mean, it's right. not like all of these things are huge deal breaker signs, you know? You just have to be smart about it. And it's all about the motive of the other person, I think. You know, if the person is like, well, I don't know. I just I was curious. Like, bye. You know? Like, yes. That's yeah. not happening. But if it's, if it's what you said, like, oh. I just didn't get around to deleting it. It's so different. And we've talked about this. I sometimes don't wear my wedding band or my engagement. I don't wear my ring sometimes. If I'm traveling, it just, I don't, I'm not really comfortable doing that. Um, and Mike is totally fine with it. He knows it's not a thing. But if it was something that I kept from him and I was going out at night and I was just like casually taking them off as I went to a bar down the street and I didn't tell him that, that's a totally different story. That is micro cheating. It's all about the motive. Um, well, first of all, if you're going to take your wedding band off and go out to a bar, I would hope it's not down the street. <laughs> that just, that yeah. just sounds like a I just idea. meant like I'm not traveling, <laughs> yeah. especially where I live. Like, right. You know. Like where it's like going to be like real housewives of, yeah, no. you know, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. No, we're not here for that. No, no, but I get it. I think, yeah, it's just like being smart, you know, don't going back to the golden rule. Do only behaviors that you would be okay with your partner doing to you. And it's funny because I think that's so different for so many different people. Like I have a friend of mine who's married and she says that she doesn't even care if her husband makes out with girls at bars, which let's all go ahead and say that is wildly liberal, you know, and that's very forgiving and open-minded. And like, that's like a step away from being in an open marriage in my opinion. Yeah. But But, that works for some people. But that works and they're comfortable with it and – She says, like, I don't care. They're just making out. Who cares? Like, he's not doing it with the intention of hurting me. He's just, like, out having a couple drinks, meets a girl, it clicks, so they they make out, and that's it. He comes home. And I'm like, wow, that's so generous. Like, I thought I was pretty liberal with what I would allow from a flirting standpoint at a bar, but let's put it this way. Like, your lips on another girl's, like, that's, let's be clear, that's cheating for me, at least. But everybody's standard's different. Totally. Like, I think that's, that's wild though. Like good for your friend. I think that's kind of cool. You know, it's super crazy. I mean, like, I I mean, it's funny because we have another friend who, if he so much as looks at a girl while he's out, 
she'll flip out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we have friends on both ends of the spectrum. So it's just interesting. And to be fair, she offers that level of loyalty, you know, like she, that's so true. And, and, and I think that's fair, you know, like she would never, she doesn't even really have guy friends. Like she doesn't, so she expects that same level of commitment and devotion and exclusivity in, you know, back from her partner. And I think that's fair. And maybe it is a lot to ask, but if she's willing to give it, then she's entitled to ask it. It's not like you're setting your partner up to a standard that you wouldn't hold yourself to, Uh, you know? I think it all like micro cheating, everything. Maybe it's, it's not, I don't, maybe most times it's not grounds for breaking up, but it's definitely, I think the cure to those insecurities about it and the cure to micro cheating and filling those void is just voids is just communication. Mm-hmm. cannot say it enough communicate yeah it's funny though because i saw this meme on instagram the other day and it was like i'm tired of people saying that communication is the key to relationships because you can talk an issue to death but if you don't actually do anything to fix it then mm. like what the fuck are you doing so it's like it's not communication that's the key it's wow. action Ooh, i love that isn't that interesting and it was the first time that made me really think about it i was like oh that's so true because what good is talking about something if you keep repeating the same issues wow. and the same cycles? So true. Wow, my mind is blown. I have to digest right? that one. I like that I one. I know. I was like, yo, sis, yes. <laughs> I think I commented like, that. Alone at your house. <laughs> With my cat. <laughs> she meowed in approval for what it's worth. Good for you. Thank you. So do we want to go through our breakup breakdown? I think it's that time. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Take oh, the floor. God. Okay. Where do I begin? <laughs> the beginning. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, years ago, um, when I was in grad school, I worked part-time um, in the men's department of like an upscale department store, which by the way, if you're single and you need a part-time job, that is a great place to work. <laughs> You'll meet a lot of guys, with, you know, <laughs> money, money, good taste, you know. Right. Um, but, the dads uh, who are also single, maybe. I don't yeah, know. you never know. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, these two guys walked in and I was working and they were really good looking and they were speaking Italian randomly. Um, and I don't know, they just kind of walked around the store. And like the next thing I knew, this guy, the one of them, he was right up in front of me at the counter and he was like, hi. And I was like, uh, hi. You know, it was like very abrupt. Like it was very, I could just tell he had like a game plan. And he was like, I need to take you out. And I was like, mm, no, like, I'm not going to just date a random customer, you know? And he was like, come on, let, give me, let me give you my number. Like, I, let me take you out. And I was like, this is so weird. I was, I was just like a year or so out of college and I'd never been taken on like proper dates before. So this guy like was, it was such a different approach. Um, and so finally. You mean stuff your face and golden rail? No. And karaoke. <laughs> yeah. You mean all of those like college Main Street bars that yeah. have like dollar beers and bullies? Those yeah. weren't real dates. Not a date. No. Those didn't, student center. Don't... <laughs> a subway sandwich. <laughs> student center. That, that was a hot date in our day. A meal swipe. Right. A bre- going to the dining. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. carry on. Like, I look back at this, and I'm like, was this guy, like, reading those pickup artist books because it worked? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, He was just really direct and really good-looking and very charming, probably a sociopath. Sorry. Of course. Psychologist sister. Um, Definitely, like, a a narcissist. Just going to throw that in there, too. Um, So (laughs) he was really charming and very persistent. He was like, let me take you out. So finally, we exchanged numbers, and when he... Uh, put his number in my phone, put his name, put his last name. And I recognized it was very close to a girl I used to be uh, friends with in college. Um, it was a really Jewish last name, like a really unique one. Um, but I just knew it was Jewish. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, a lot of people in my family are Jewish. Um, my husband right now, he's Jewish. <laughs> um, <laughs> right now. like <laughs> I was going to say, is this like a, are you in a state? <laughs> no. But, is your marriage one big state? Absolutely not. But <laughs> good. Um, so yeah, so it didn't really phase me. Um, and we had our we went out a few days later. He texted like the next day. He did all the right things, and the date went really well. Like the sparks were flying. We were like really into each other. Like I remember going to the bathroom and being like, "Oh my god, 
I can hardly breathe around this guy. Like it was amazing. So we went on like a second date and it was just, it felt like things were moving fast, even though it was like just a week later and like a second date, the, the energy, like things were moving fast. Like we were really into each other and just in a really comfortable, casual way. I was like, so you're Jewish. Like, you know, we had come up and I was like, do you have to marry a Jewish girl? And he was like, I mean, I don't have to. And he's like, my parents, you know, it's really important to my parents. But, and I was like, okay, so like, what's, why are we doing this? But okay. You know, it really didn't seem like a big deal to him. So we dated for like five months and we were, I mean, he wanted, he always wanted to see me. He always wanted to take me out. He introduced me to his brothers and his friends, but, and it, it was like, he really wanted me, me to be a big part of his life. And the only strange part, which is a huge red flag, is that his parents wanted nothing to do with me. So it was so bad that, I mean, they knew that we were dating. They knew that it was serious, but they really did not want to meet me. And I was not allowed at his house, which was really hurtful because it was just about like, it was only because like of what I was or what I wasn't. I was not allowed in their home because I wasn't Jewish. And like, that was like a thing. Like it was, I'm not assuming this, like he told me that. And, um, I wasn't even allowed to park in front of his house or in his driveway. Like if I picked him up, I had to wait down the street. Um, and it was humiliating. Like, I don't know why I did that. Um, you were 23 and enamored by a sociopath. Totally. Yeah. That's the only thing I could say. Um, I remember once I was, uh, his parents were like away or something and I could finally go to his house and I was going over to hang out and he texted me kind of like in a panic and he was like, Hey, um, so just don't wear any perfume to my house. And I was like, uh, too late, but okay. And he was like, no, then change. And I was like, I'm, that's not happening. And he was like, yeah, but my parents are going to like be able to like smell that we're at our house. And I'm like, they cannot smell the shiksa on me. <laughs> my perfume is not a dead giveaway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was insane. So so it started to really Ugh. escalate like that. And it was it was so hurtful. It drove me insane. So long story short, uh, fast forward to the breakup. Um we ended up break you know, Christmas came up. He was I, I joke about this. He was like the heir of like a smaller version of like Michael's stores, <laughs> like a craft store that smells like headache and uh, <laughs> and has like beads on the floor that like are definitely a, a hazard and are just a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen. Yes, exactly. Ugh. And he was talking about, you know, the smell of the store and we were talking about it. And he was just like, yeah, I always thought that's what Christmas smelled like. And I was like, oh, no, it does not. And it smells so much better than that. Like Christmas to me smelled like food and a Christmas tree and you know we're having like a normal conversation but then there was like a shift and it was like dun 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 Christmas like religion (laughs) like whenever religion came up it was like so much anxiety so um we started talking about it and it came up like about our future and that even if I converted it would never be good enough which I do understand, like, I, I definitely understand now, like, that perspective, but it was so hurtful, I think, the way that he was saying it, um, and I was just like, I just don't understand, and he was very controlling, and like I said, like, there, he was not this great guy in the end, he was just like, even if, even if, you know, you converted, and we got married, you're, I would never let you celebrate Christmas with your family, and I was like, not even, like, Christmas Eve, like, Christmas no. Junior, you know, like, it was like, <laughs> fake no, Christmas, yeah, like, no Christmas, like no secret Santa. <laughs> like it was a thing. And, and, and so it, wait, fine. not even at work. Like what would you have to do? Like opt out? I'm not even kidding it that would, that would have been a no. Wow. Yeah. So it was really crazy. It's like I don't think extreme. Was, right. And it wasn't about what it was about. I don't think, but, um, so then obviously, no, I'm, I, it wasn't because it, finally I was like, but why do your parents care that much? The 23 year old idiot that I was. It was not his parents. He finally admitted that it was him. He did not want to marry a girl who wasn't Jewish. So I spent, you know, probably three to five weeks watching the same episodes of Sex and the City being like, oh, my God, I am so Charlotte. Like, he's my Harry. Like, we're going to get through this. And, like, I hate Charlotte. So why did I accept that? It was just like so pathetic I just wallowed in it and I, I just like 
really promised myself, like, we're going to work it out. Like, this is our only issue. And no, he was a liar. He lied to me and like strung me along the whole time. And he was a really bad person for doing that. Um, He, it wasn't about religion. It was for him. I think it was like partially about control. And of course, like he had the right to want to marry somebody who was the same thing as him, but he did not have to lie to me about it. If he was just upfront and he just wanted, I don't know. I think he just wanted to lead me on. And I think he didn't expect to fall for me as hard as he did. Um, but yeah, that's, and he didn't, he didn't want to let you go, but also knew he was never going to have you in the end. So yeah, yeah. it was like super selfish, honestly. And I think it's something that a lot of guys do and religion aside, I think they just, you know, there's something about whatever situation you're in that isn't what they want, but they also right. don't want anyone else to have you yes. and they're not ready to let you go. And it's so fucked up because you think that you're both on the same page of trying to make it work and that you're building a future. And then in the end they say, Oh, just kidding. I want a Jewish girl. Right. You know, know, there's nobody wins when you're playing that game. Just be honest, be upfront. That if religion or your culture, if that's a non-negotiable, like, right. Then don't waste people's time or go into it saying like, go into it saying like, listen, like, just so you know, like this is never going to go anywhere serious. Like we can have a good time. We can hang out. We can be friends. We can do whatever. But and, and at the end of the day, I'm looking I'm looking to marry a Jewish girl, which yeah. you're not. So if you're comfortable with this being casual, then, like, let's – So at least at the end of the day, even if – because so many times those situations don't end well either. Um, but at least at the end of the day, it's not about dishonesty, you know? Exactly. That was the most hurtful part. That's what it was really about. Like, he lied to me. And, right. And that was a big lie to say that, you know – it was it wasn't him he never admitted to it it was like no it's just my parents i don't care it's just my parents you know right here meet right. half my family but please stop at my driveway also um, when I, I eventually did meet his parents his dad i met like accidentally in a starbucks parking lot when i was with him um and that was fine but when i met his mom she like extended her hand like in stop. the like ki- like forward and like like kiss my hand kind of thing and i like awkwardly shook it underneath <laughs> like what did she expect you to do do you know what she said all she, she said say? to me was i'm the mother <gasps> and i was like i Ew, like i just got chills i would like to finish that with <laughs> another yeah word. right yeah <laughs> like ew yeah oh geez i mean okay quick story about post breakup here for michelle we <laughs> oh, it's it, okay. It, it was honestly like one of the most devastating things I've ever seen you go through. You were so upset and it was really sad, but this story is funny. <laughs> so is. we went to the movies like shortly after this breakup, maybe like a week or two after it went down. And so she's still really in it and she's really upset and she's crying and the littlest things are triggering her. And I forgot, what did we go see? Um, oh, uh, I forget what we saw, but there was a preview for the okay. movie. Okay. Uh... Yes. <laughs> So the preview, okay, so the, we're sitting through the previews, and there's this one movie preview that comes on, and it was, what movie was it? Like Crazy. Like Crazy. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what Like Crazy is, it's a movie about a long-distance relationship, a guy and a girl who are crazy in love, but the girl lives in London, I think, and the guy lives in New York, and immigration gets in the way. I don't know. It's like this like, big, dramatic thing. And so we're watching it. And Michelle starts sobbing and I look at her and she's like, it's just like me and him. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> like, it, it couldn't be more different. It literally like, was not at all. Not even like the running theme of like any, none of it. I like the guy so literally funny. lived in London and yeah. she lived in New York and they were struggling with a long distance relationship, which was not even close not, to the no, issue. No, he lived four minutes for me, and <laughs> that was not a problem. You were citizens of the same country. Yeah. Like, it was honestly, and I just remember sitting there, and I was like, okay, you have two choices right now, Nadine. <laughs> you can either say, no, it's not, like a stupid bitch, <laughs> or you can just be a friend and be like, you're right. It's just like you in person. Mm-hmm. And let her cry, let her grieve, and hopefully one day you guys can laugh about it. So, and now we laugh very And now enough. we laugh. And now, so I went with option B. And now you and the, can all laugh. Yes. And now everyone else can laugh with us because it was really funny. And the moral of that story is when your friend's going through a breakup, 
it don't it doesn't always have to make sense no. just just let them think and say whatever they want to think and say especially in those first two three weeks nothing just, is rational no nothing's rational let them cry and don't try to be that asshole it's like well actually it's very different because you're yeah. both citizens no it's it's shut up just shut up like i would have watched anything and seen anything and related it to what i was yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure she could have seen a preview for Airbud. And been like, oh, my God. It's, it's just like me. Yeah. It's just like us. Yep. The dog is reaching. I was reaching. <laughs> it's just there's the parallel. It's right there. Yep. That, I yep. was at that level of. So if, that, if you're wondering the inspiration of this podcast, that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, good times. So that's it. That's it for today. Yeah. So, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends. And most importantly, get into that podcast app store and rate and review. We love seeing what you guys have to say. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at heartsprained. Feel free to slide in the DMs. Give us some feedback. And most importantly, just keep tuning in every Sunday. Thanks so much, guys.